Hi everyone, welcome to our third week of the Game of Two Halves podcast. We were doing this quite regularly. We somehow managed to keep on schedule every week, which is good for us. Uh, still no Kev this week. He's had other issues he's dealing with. Um, yeah, say so, hi guys. Hello there. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back <sighs> in the arena. It's been an interesting mm. week. Oh, it has very indeed. Very, very fun week of uh, football all around. So, shall we start off with the best game of the weekend, which was Spurs and Crystal Palace? Yeah. Let's get right into it. Okie dokie. So, Jim, take us away. What do you think of the game? Um, It's just the Gareth Bale show, and let's be honest, recently it has been the Gareth Bale show. Like, um, I put down here, I put... um, Kanan Son who? I only know Kanan Bale because uh, I don't know what's happened, but them two like linking up on the pitch has been sensational. Like it's it's stupidly good how well they've linked up and if Son can get in that act then oh, that Tottenham looks seriously dangerous now. Like seriously dangerous at the minute. And it's scary. Well I've got a little, really scary. Uh... A little fun fact for you for this year as well, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So, factual I, know, I know, I definitely know what this is going to be. Do you reckon what it's going to be? Okay, then. So, nine times this season, well, this year, nine times this year, Spurs have scored more than three goals per game. Nine games okay. this season. Nine games in 2021. Actually, isn't what I was expecting it to be. Um, but I do have another thing as well, which which because Jim did mention Son, which I think Alex might know this one then. The best all-time Premier League <laughs> partnership is Human Son and Harry Kane. This season alone, 14 goals between them. Oh, really? They've beaten Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton's record of 13. So... I mean, they, they have been they have been unstoppable, but I don't know what he... Bale's, like, stepped into Son's limelight and taken it away. Well, Son did, just, Son did assist the last goal. He, he assisted Kane's last goal. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Son's still got the assist. Yeah, so he, he, yeah he, assisted, he assisted Kane for, like, the last goal and that. But, like, it was just... Like, Bale's cross to Son. Son should have scored it. Like, that was just obvious. Yeah. It was right at the start of the game. Like, and he's just one of them, like... Bale will never lose his class and people who questioned him at the start of the season like you know what I mean like when he weren't getting played like can he still cut it and everything like that and it just shows give him a run of games and he'll do everything 100% he has but I will say for um, Bale's goal um, great work from Mora the pressing and the tackling and that to win the ball back for Kane to then square it I mean there. And so Kane still had a lot of work to do. He's to fair. He, shimmied, he shimmied the, uh, the defender and able to cut across the bail, which and Bale had the yeah. easy tap in. So like, so like I put here, I put the fact of the matter is, is that Crystal Palace didn't actually play bad. They were just completely outclassed. They yeah. didn't play bad at all. I mean, they hit the post. They had some good opportunities. Benteke's header was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> like unreal header to Roy. Like yeah. Literally. Yeah. And like. To play that well and still get trenched four one, like that, it, the Crystal Palace just got eight classed. And then the thing is, it wouldn't have been four one if it weren't for Kane's wonder goal. Oh, oh. my giddy up! What his, a finish! His first goal was ridiculous. Contender of goal of the uh, season. That is first time. Yeah, Doherty pass inside, 
Just sweet as a nut. In, the worst yeah. thing is, like, you watch the slow-mo replays and everything, and he's fully menti. Like, oh, you yeah. look yeah, when yeah, you watch him, that is aiming there. And it's like, it's not a cross, half cross, half shot, like Serge Aurier does. It's literally like, yeah, I'll put it in the top corner from you. And, Why not? So, with, with that goal, like, there's generally not that many people I can see doing that. Like, he's literally facing <laughs> the opposite direction. Yeah. yeah, and swivels and his body. Wraps it around his body. I genuinely can't think of anyone else in the Premier League who can do that that well. It's an unreal goal. Do you, I have got a question for you at the end of this. It's to do with um, player of the week and that. But it is interesting to see how good of a player Kane is and he's still at Tottenham. And I'd make of that what you will for the end of the podcast, what I'm going to ask, but... I think Kane shouldn't be at Tottenham anymore. Like, as good as Tottenham are, they aren't going to win anything anytime soon unless if some serious <clears throat> money comes in for me. Well, They're so shaky yeah. at the back. Ben Davies ain't the best left back, is he really? And yeah. at right back, Serge Aurier ain't the best right back. But like, fair, they do but have... They want to challenge they've, got, they've got regular at left That's back. literally was about so, to say. Yeah, regular. That's what I mean. They've already improved. He's, he's, they've already improved on Regulon, but obviously Regulon gets injured and they're stuck with Ben Davies. And Ben Davies was good for a while, but he ain't that good anymore. If Regulon can stay fit, their left back issue is effectively solved. But the it's right back issue. Yeah, the right back. They've got Aria See, and Doherty, two different players. I rate, I really rate Jaffet Tenganga for Tottenham, but I see him a bit more of a centre-back than a full-back. If he can get a little bit stronger, like he's not the tallest, but you don't need to be the tallest to be a centre-back nowadays. Like, it's about the way you play. And I think if Tanganga can get just that little bit stronger and a little bit wiser defensively, he'll slot in next to Alderweireld perfectly fine. But he, I don't think he's that good of a right-back. And Serge Ariès is just a liability at times. You watch him and you're like, bro, do you, do you know what football is? Yeah. <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, he'll whip across him. That's inch perfect. And you're like, how can you blow so hot and cold in a game? Not just like week in, week out, like in a game, in 10 minute periods. Right. <clears throat> I'd argue that Tottenham's main problems are actually the centre-back partnership, not the full-back. Yeah, got- like... I've got regular on the left, which is perfect line, and Ben Davis is a more than capable backup. On the right, mm. you've got Doherty, who's still having his time to get used to playing four at the back because he's been playing with a three at the back, wing back, back yeah. for so long at Wolves. So giving yeah. him like next season, he'll be perfectly fine with it. And Aurea, again, if you have him as a backup, perfect capable. It's a centre back partnership. They've got Dyer and Alderweireld who are aging there. Yeah, I think I think personally, I think Alderweireld's a like a proper like world class defender. Which he, I know it's like a bit controversial for some people, but I think he is really really good. And the main upset for them was not renewing Vertonghen's, um contract. That that killed them. That did. Instead of in, in they could have solved a, a big defensive issue because them two were comfortable next to each other. But in mind, they weren't the best to. Like, if you go for a centre-back partnerships, like, the instant one is, like, Ferdinand and Vidic. That is the best centre-back partnership you could probably think of, bar Puyol and Piquet. Like, those are the ideal partnerships. But for understanding each other and working well with each other, Alderweireld and Vertonghen were really, really good at that. And them not renewing Vertonghen's 
contract just shows that Alderweireld just ain't comfortable next to anybody else. Like Davinson Sanchez is a good centre back. Alderweireld individually is a good centre back, but a defence isn't built on just being a good centre back. It's understanding each other, learning and everything. And Davinson Sanchez has been there a few years now and still hasn't built up a good relationship See, with Alderweireld is, at the back. I just don't think Davinson Sanchez is actually a good centre back at all. Is but well, individually, is he? I mean, yeah, Gundogan did. I mean, Gundogan did turn him into spaghetti. Say. And individually, he got absolutely clattered. Like, but like, I don't think he's the world class centre back that they was hoping he'd be. And much did they pay for him? A lot. I don't know. Was it seventy five million? Was it? I don't, I don't think, think it was that much. But it was going to be. I think it's between about thirty forty. Yeah, I was going to say. I think it was thirty five. Like, I don't think he's world. I don't think he's world class per se, but I don't think he's like bad. He is a good centre back, but he just doesn't have that understanding with Alderweireld. He just ain't ain't gelling. But other than that, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace did play very well, and they just got they just got outclassed. Got and this, that's, yeah, by a quality. The note that I've written down for Crystal Palace is no Zaha equals a problem. Benteke had a good goal. Nothing else, really. I think that just sums it up. Well, Zaha, yeah. Zaha was on. Zaha, Zaha hit the most. Yeah. Yeah, but only in the second half. And by yeah, the time, yeah. it was he's, over then. He's, he's still getting used to it, isn't he? But, um, yes, Zaha come, come on and hit the post. And like I said, they didn't play bad. It weren't like the Burnley game that Spurs played where Burnley just forgot what football was and forgot how to defend. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't forget how to defend. They just got ripped to shreds, like cut apart. And it's all, like, because, of the, business. It's all because of the way things are clicking out of the gears with Bale and Kane, Son and Lucas. Yeah, that's what Mora. Like yeah. I said, I, I, I've said like two, like the last two weeks that Lucas Moore is so underappreciated. Yeah. Oh, and it, it, like, he, it, it, he played as, I'm pretty sure, the central of the three and he was so good. Again. And that's, again. That's never a position I've seen him playing. So three like weeks. He's doing it so well. It's three weeks he's played as a number 10 and they have destroyed teams. Yeah. Like they've destroyed two teams and obviously I think the last one was a nil-nil. But like three weeks, three weeks he's played as a number 10 and they've mullered a team because of his work rate and he's just smart. Yeah, keeping Deli Ali out anyway. So, to be Does, fair, ah, actually, you led on to my question. <laughs> That's at the bottom of this. If you're Deli Ali, what would you do right now? Leave. You're seeing the way Spurs are playing. You're seeing that you're not in favour because you've been called a lazy January. player. Yeah, what do you do now? Do you go back and request even harder that you want to leave, or do you stay and try? Leave. Paul, if I were, if if it was me personally, you'd just want to stay and fight because obviously it's like they're firing all cylinders, they're going somewhere. So yeah. you want to be the person in, you want to be getting into that team and playing fantastically well. But is he going to? That's the question. I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I, I don't think he's going to make it. Anywhere near? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. He hasn't. He hasn't been anywhere near. He hasn't been like when he was when obviously three four years ago when Deli Ali had like a decent the decent it was it was an alright season it wasn't an outstanding season it was a decent season we were thinking oh he's gonna be the next best thing but he's just his his attitude is just lazy that's that's the thing he wants to play every game yes but he doesn't go about it the correct way 
That's the problem. Just like Hudson Adoy. He's a really good player, but Thomas Tuchel didn't like how lazy he was. He set an example by him, and now look at him. He works hard for the team. He gets his minutes, and he shows his class at the same time. But Deli Ali That's... just hasn't done that. I don't think Deli Ali. I don't think Deli has got the mentality to do it. No. He's what a luxury. Do you see him going abroad, going to another team in the Prem? Well, I thought, I thought, to be fair, he was going to go and loan to PSG, and I thought he would have done him wonders, you know what I mean, being around quality of like Mbappe and stuff like that, but it is what it is, but we shall move on. Move on. If anyone yeah. has any, yeah. any questions. Uh, we'll go to Leicester Brighton. So Leicester won 2 won that game. What do you guys think about that game? Um... Lalana looks good when he's fit and not injured as he usually is because um, you know he's got sand oh, and that for hamstrings and joints well, it's but, his first start since the FA Cup fifth round I believe so yeah I mean first goal it, in 16 months it, is it is Two feet and that is so good. Lalana is a really good player and I think it was really shrewd signing by Brighton but mm. Again, he's just so, so injury-prone. It's unreal. Um, flipping on the other side to a different number 10, Ian Nacho, coming in as a number 10. Alex, you said it last week that he's a number 10 and not a striker, and it shows that he is a number 10 because he chipped the keeper for his goal. He provided a lot, and he really did work hard. But when Madison's back... Do you take him out? Yeah. Oh god, yeah. You can't yeah. He's, he's not good enough to replace Madison. He just, you just. Yeah. <laughs> it was fortunate if if you actually go back and watch how he got the goal. It was fortunate because he actually lost the ball in the middle of the park, and it was thanks to the pressing of his teammates that got the ball back. Um, if they didn't press, mm. Brighton would have went down and countered. But because of the pressing of the Leicester players, they won the ball back, and Inacho was then just in the right place at the right time. So it was fortunate that the ball came back to him for a second attempt. Can't yeah. take that. Yeah, was, it's a good finish. So, it finish. the keeper from really close. <laughs> a thing to mention with Leicester is, I'm pretty sure. So I only watched the first half, so I don't know about the second half. From what I've read, they started with a three-five-two and they just struggled, yeah. and then they moved back to a four at the back, either mm. a four-four-two or a four-two-three. I'm not entirely sure which one they're playing. And then they just ripped Brighton apart. Yeah. And Brighton, I think, are just screaming for a goal scorer. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, 100%, 100%. They had opportunities and they just missed them. Lallana, if you put, the if you, if, you put, if you put a world-class striker, like, I don't want to say world-class, but... you know, An half-decent striker. An half-decent striker in that team and the chances they create. Oh, my to God. To be fair... It's literally a dream. I, I, was, I was thinking this while I was watching Jermaine him. Get your mind Easy. I was like... I was like... He's in, the, he's in the... He gets in the right positions and he obviously hits the target. Um, if you put Dianya... In that team for Brighton, Daniel would have scored by now for Brighton. I mean, like he's obviously scored one for us and he's being caught offside and that. But we don't we don't create as many opportunities as Brighton do. He would have definitely scored more than one so far. But mm. I've also got down here. Like you said, they went they had a three at the back and then they flipped it to a four at the back to sort it out. And it just shows that they are missing so many key players. So many key players. You can see it. You look at them and you're like, yeah, you really do miss the players that when they're on the ball, just shit happens. Like when when they get the ball, it just happens. Like, you know what I mean? And you can see that. Um, Got a question for you, though. If you've seen it, I believe you have, Dale. Yeah. 
How is that not a penalty? Uh, the how the has challenge. Louis done? Yeah, how has he got away with that? How have VAR gone? Nah, mate. I think it's I a mean, great we... challenge. If you look, if you look at it in slow mo, he actually tips the ball and he goes out for a corner. So I think it's a fair, but, fair challenge. But... And, and correct call from VAR, no penalty, in my opinion. I, 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 think, I think it's 100% a pen. I don't think he's got enough of the ball to change the direction it's of literally, which... It, it's, he's, nicked it, he's nicked it by about that much, but I don't think it's changing the direction of which the ball's going and where Vardy's going. Vardy, if, if Dunk doesn't slide and he hasn't nicked it, let's say, and he stays standing, he's going to beat Vardy to that. He's not, he's not going to nick it. And then make Vardy. I mean, they scored from the resulting corner anyway. Like that, it, they still yeah. scored, but because um, Amate just squatted down and bunked the ball in while Sanchez was doing all this shit in the air. And that was his like, first goal since December 2016 against Stoke City. Yeah, but in regard in regards to that, it's, I don't think it changes direction. The ball doesn't move. It, it, it does. He takes the out. There is, there is a slight change of direction. You can see it. And I think it's a quality challenge. Great call from VAR. I, to be fair, VAR this uh, weekend... Yeah, ex- this, this weekend, VAR was good. Midweek, we'll get to no, that later. VAR this no, weekend no, was bro, good. We're going to get to it because it, it's further down. But there's a decision in the Arsenal game, bro. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, I know what you're on about. I know <laughs> that decision. VAR did not have a good weekend. They now, did not have a no, this, this decision was good. There was also another incident in that Arsenal game. In the Arsenal, which I have put down, which is a good decision, but yeah. we'll get to it. Let's move on. Okay. Leicester uh, played well, but they're struggling without their injured players. 100%. 100%. That's a conclusion. Uh, and Brighton need a goal for <laughs> back, back to just the, the Ian Atcher goal. I just want to talk about Tielemans because we cannot not mention him. The no-look assist. The no-look back. Yeah. The, yeah. Sensational. Sexy that one. Sensational. No look pass. Literally, literally. Beautiful. He knew, he knew oh. where Nietzsche was, and he literally just plays the ball in the perfect position, and he's not even looking. He's literally looking the opposite way, and he's just played it there. Amazing. For, for a player, for a player that's a tidy player <laughs> and keeps a keeps the team moving, because him and Ndidi keep the team ticking and move the ball on to Madison to then do those passes himself. I think it was a lovely pass from Tillemans. He's got it in his locker, but obviously he's not going to commit to that because he's a tidy player. Yeah, he's 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 like you have it, do the rest, and those players are valuable. Okay. Anyways, moving on to uh, get the in weirdest there. Derby, uh, <laughs> the weirdest derby on the planet: Manchester City versus Manchester United, two 0 Manchester United. Oh. Your boys, you've, Thank you, you played. You played so well. Finally, it's one of them where I'm glad Kev isn't here because he wouldn't shut up for the next forty-five minutes. About yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be, try and keep it as brief as possible. Um, if you don't mind, we're just taking a quick, quick ropes of this. As uh, sure. I'll go for um, it. Anybody listening, make sure you uh, put it on overnight so we can get it through to tomorrow. As well. <laughs> yeah. So. So obviously we won two 0 We started off very early on, uh, attacking and pressing. Great, obviously for for me it's it's great that Jesus is defending and decided to trip up Marshall in the what? penalty box. 
what is he doing? What what is he doing? Like I, honestly, as a striker, what are you doing? I'm gonna scoop you. I understand. I understand. You lose the ball. Yeah, you want to win it back, but. <laughs> Oh, it, it just—it's just a clumsy strikers challenge, isn't it? It's, it's, it's such a panic challenge. It. It's literally a oh, I've lost the ball, and then like, just sprint you back to go get it. The, the defenders, I think, was Diaz and Laporte, and they were doing so well to keep it mm. up. Was Stones when it was Diaz and Stones? Yeah, Diaz. And Stones. Uh, Diaz, Diaz and Stones, and then there was and they were, um, and they were doing so well, like just jockeying him like yeah. away, and then Jesus just comes and just, just trips him up. Cool. Just well, <laughs> yeah, it's co- coming for blood, and literally. And then Man United just bled red all the way through, and that's what happened. So, um, I mean, Edison almost saved the penalty. Yeah, or it was a, it was very close, but could, it was still a good penalty. It was right in the corner, and Edison to get there was that was a damn good leap. But it's it, it's so close. It it was really close to being saved. Yeah. But I, I said this by evidence of the Southampton game that happened. Phil Foden or Bernardo Silva should have started in a false nine. Should have just by evidence. Gabriel Jesus is not good enough. We said this last week before the Man United game. We said it the mm. week before. Gabriel Jesus. We well, had a good is game. Good he, was, he was on form because he scored two goals against Wall. So that's why. He, he... I understand that, but like, it was, I, like the playing as like obviously someone in the false nine position has worked so well this season. I don't understand why. I don't know. Like, I don't see Jesus. I don't see Jesus as like playing as a force nine Seymour as like an actual forward but I don't understand why why they tried to maybe just to like put a bit more pressure on the defence but I I don't know why it just didn't work no. obviously I couldn't break um, them down man you were too good yeah uh, the thing the is like, the structural... obviously yeah you just you, you pressed hard and when they when you didn't press hard you dug in so like when you didn't press over the halfway line and they stepped over you went right two banks of four and a double up front just just hold solid and i think at some stages you went a bank of four and then a bank of six yeah so like you literally just sat everyone in tight and just made like i said um de bruyne and that just could they just could like obviously me and al had the discussion about it like de bruyne and that just had a bad game but the strikers didn't exactly help. That was just no. there was no movement watching the game. There was that's why I was surprised that even Aguero didn't come on. Like I know he was kind of injured, but you were so desperate for some movement. Why not put your best moving forward on the field? Just yeah, cause hassle. Yeah, yeah. But it just shows that Aguero's had it now. Not 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 like he's had it, but like he's he's past his prime and he's getting injured yeah. so much more. He's, he's really struggling for game time. I'm, I don't know how really long he's left on his contract, but I'd be surprised if he's, they won't renew his contract again. Because they, get... they need they need to get him off the books, get Jesus off the books, and get a world class striker. That's what they need. Because at the minute they're relying on everybody else to score, and that's Midfield fine because the quality and... of yes, yeah, it's fine because it's working, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But then, but then you got Sterling missing an open goal. Like it, when when your strikers aren't firing, they aren't firing for City. All of but them. To be fair, he's had quite a poor season in general. Sterling, he ain't been yeah. outstanding compared to but recent I think, seasons. I think, I think that's from not not having Aguero. Because if you think about it, when it's them three up front, when it's Bernardo Silva, Aguero, and Sterling, or Mares, Aguero, and Sterling. 
they will destroy teams because Aguero's movement and Sterling's movement just rips anybody. Yeah, but look at um, Sterling before that one season. He kept scoring the 90th minute goals, which were curlers outside the box. That's nothing to do with Aguero or anything. And he's he's been trying it this season and it's just not been getting off. That, 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 um... But enough about City for now. This is, Man- this is Manchester stupid. United. We won two 0 So let's get back to Manchester oh, no, United. I'm, two 0 I'm, I'm literally getting. I'm literally getting onto it. No, no, no. It's literally written here. Oh. So I put. I put. Um, your second goal was the epitome of what United are. Let's be honest. And who started that? The, Dean Henderson. The, if that was David oh, De Gea, it would not have happened. Hundred yeah. percent. And I'm glad he's out for six weeks. I am so happy. And it clean, gives Henderson a chance. A clean cheat against the future Premier League champions, Dean or Henderson. Come like, on. Come on. The throw the throw was immense. Like, Dale, Dale, I will ask, have you seen Milan's goal today? Yeah, let's let's gloss off. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, that, that's probably why you're talking good about him at the moment. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> that, that's a different case of Wems altogether. He's going to be nervous playing in the Champ- Europa League, not Champions League, Europa League game. He ain't, oh, got, he ain't got that- in the Europa League all season. No, 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 not with the guy here. But I will say, I will say, his throw was awesome. Luke Shaw, <clears> I, <throat> he's, he, I feel so sorry for Alex Tellers. He's coming like, yeah, like, I'm going to be starting every game. I'm so good. And Luke Shaw went, I'm going to eat the form of my but life. But so Enjoy the bench. It's definitely what he's needed, though, isn't it, Luke Shaw? Yeah, competition. competition. Yeah. I think, I think but, overall, you can say he hasn't reached his potential, but this season, oh, yeah. he's, just, he's just been unreal. Class. Yeah. He's been the best left-back in the league. Also, I will say, they pity given man of the match to Martial because he has been a wank for weeks. And they went, I'll give you man of the match because he played all right this game. He was not Even man of the Luke match. Shaw, he was Luke not Shaw the was match. the best player on that pitch. Luke Shaw was a hundred percent. Marshall would have been man of the match for me. Is if he had he had the one on one opportunity with Edison and he scored it exactly and he scored it, but he scuffed it so hard it was literally yeah. and that's what that's what that easy save that, that's what proved to me that you can't be a, an all a week in week out strike for Manchester United if you're not finishing them chances the way easy bottom left no. finish bottom left easy first time bang. Turn bang. No. no. It, he tries to fit. Just literally straight at Edison. Like, literally like... Yeah. Uh, oh, it, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw was 100% <sighs> the man of the match that game. He put in a performance to take man of the match. Oh, like, yeah. Everything he did. He shut Mares down down that left-hand side so hard that he was sick of him. Yeah. Mares was sick of him. I'm, I'm proud of the boys. He I'm even... So he, he even... He didn't just shut Mares down. He hassled Joe Cancelo so hard that Pep Guardiola took him off for Carl Walker, bro. Bro, how are you doing two players on your side and they take them off? Like, that's how good of a performance it was. He hustled Joe Cancelo into being taken off early. Like, and he still didn't get man of the match. And I'm like, Uh, come on, stop pity giving man of the matches out now. Give man of the matches for people who are sick. I want to to give one more recognition before we move on. Um, Someone who definitely surprised me, especially when I saw him was picked, Dan James against City. Yeah. Unreal. He did. 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 I'm assuming his job job from Ollie was, as soon as you get the ball, just run. Just bomb it, and it works. So it's being that direct, someone that quick, City defenders just panic. You can see it. He is your... He is... Your pace he's, merchant. He's one quick boy. He's a hidden yeah, talisman. He That's what he is. Merchant. And it gives us a different option. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at Greenwood, 
Exactly. You could say Greenwood's more technical than Dan James. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Technically, Dan James, I don't even think he's that good, but what he did against City with his pace was perfect. It's exactly what he needed. But also, because of his pace as well, well. he presses hard because he's that quick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he can force him to stay. I will say, though... Obviously, just before you say, Luke Shaw is definitely man of the match, but I think Dan James was a close second for me. Yeah. I will say, though, it's very surprising at the way you've been playing when Bruno Fernandes hasn't been performing for the past couple of weeks. It's surprising you're getting results. The other players have stepped up. They've been doing really well. And Bruno really hasn't been performing. I mean, yeah, he scores, like, he scored a penalty and everything. And, like, people might be like, oh, yeah, it's only a penalty. It's still goals. It still, you know, influences the game and stuff. But in regards to how Bruno has been playing, he was obviously going to dip in form. It was always going to happen. But I didn't think it was gonna like dip that much like he has been playing and he has been influencing but he's not been influencing in the way that you think he should be or would be but the thing is obviously the last three games before this it was three nil nils shall i tell you shall i tell you what's happened to him who and bruno i'll tell you what's happened to him him and roy Keane have been having words on fucking (laughs) nah he he misses pogba well Hmm. i wouldn't say that because when he was playing first, he wasn't really playing with Pogba. He wasn't really playing together. Yeah, he was being sensational. Agree. I don't think he misses Pogba that. at all. But, no, um... I, I understand what you're saying. He obviously played well when he first came and he was doing bits when he first came. But think, Pogba's come in, built that relationship with him. They understand each other. They both are those technical players that will cut teams open. Pogba's that big, you know, powerhouse Donny that will just charge through defences. Bruno's the more technical ability, passing, flair, shot is, person. And the dynamic worked, and Bruno was thriving off Pogba. And Pogba went injured, and Bruno felt lost again. Because when Bruno first came, you would, he was dealing with Fred and McTominay in the middle of the park, so he had to do everything. Then Pogba come along and went, don't worry, lad, I can spray the balls just like you. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is sick. And then he got injured, and now he's like... Oh shit! I gotta do everything myself again. You see, obviously. And to be... you go... Sorry, carry on. You carry on. Finish your point because I got a long point after this. I was, uh, I was just saying, like, Fred's obviously been stepping up and he has stepped up tremendously. And your midfield now, when Pogba's back from injury, is Bruno, Fred, Pogba. That that's it. That's setting stone. That's your that's your midfield. Like McTominay is obviously fighting for his place, and Matic is hella old now. But like, that is your setting stone midfield when Pogba's back. It's Pogba, Fred. Bruno, because if one ain't playing well, the other two are. Like, if Pogba come back and Bruno's still quiet, you can hands down think that Fred and Pogba will step step up and drag Bruno with them. And it's as vice versa. That's why Pogba was playing so well, because he was playing next to Bruno, who was dragging Pogba's performances up. And then Pogba went, yeah, I'm going to do it as well. And they both start. That's why you were kicking on so hard and playing so well because them two were bo- were basically boosting each other up. If one would do this, the other one would go, "Oh, I'll join you." And then the other one, and then they'll go, "Yeah, yeah, let's go." Absolutely. Oh, you midfielder. Okay, obviously, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, but I think Bruno, it ain't not having Pogba in the team. It's better having people who can't actually finish their dinner. I saw like a five-minute yeah. clip the other oh. day on Twitter. And because obviously Twitter's like the toxic players that it is, people say, oh, Bruno's never had a, an assist, a, a potential assist missed. 
and like some guy decided to literally go ham and put like a five minute video thread of all the chances that he's played into Dan James, he's played into Marshall, he's played into Maguire, he's played into Rashford, he's played into Greenwood, he's even played into Pogba, and they've all missed their chances. And literally half of them you know were one on one with the keeper. Of? And I'm like, yeah, why can't you Do finish you know what it your dinner? Me of? That was Ronaldo. Do you that video. It did for ball Do you game, remember was that video? Do you remember that video that was circling around about Prime Ozil being wasted on Walcott? Yeah, I know exactly what I mean. It's literally the it same video. It feels like Prime Bruno is being wasted on Rashford the and are, this, is, this, is, this isn't even Prime Bruno. This is Bruno still... Yeah, no. Bru- I'd be Baby surprised Bruno. if, like, a powerhouse in two years' time, he'll leave United. 100%. And I-, I think if United don't invest serious money, you you'll lose him yeah and the you thing need... is unfortunately now unfortunately now as much as like people say like oh like Man City are only winning because of like oil money and like PSG are only where they are because of their money and stuff like that it's changed the game now you need to buy your world class players and get them in and get them blended and working yeah. because that's how it is now it's, it's not about like bringing youngsters through the system and winning the league you know what I mean? Those days like, are gone. You can't do that look, no more. You have the right time example, to do that. There's too much demand. An, That's the difference. Yeah. As an example, take Bayern Munich. Like, yeah, they do feed youngsters through, but look at the money they've spent to make their squad so good. Like, Mats Hummels hit his heights at uh, Dortmund, so they went, we'll take Hummels, we'll take Goetze, we'll take... They just went, Dortmund squad, we'll take them all. And that's what they did. And... That's how Munich work, and then they've got their own players. Like they sold Nabry to Arsenal, and then Arsenal sold Nabry back to Bayern Munich. And now look at him! Like they went and bought Leroy Sane. They've gone and bought Coleman when he was at Juve and that. Like they went and bought Lewandowski when he was literally about to hit his heights, and they went, "Yeah, Dortmund, thanks." Yeah, I get you that. Know, but obviously I'm, I'm just going to quickly bring it back to United because I've got a couple, couple of interesting facts. Of course I've got a couple of interesting facts. <laughs> but obviously Ole is the first Manchester United manager to win three away derbies in a row. Like, that has to be talked about. Obviously I've criticised him this season for against the top six. You know what I mean? Versus the top six. Nil, nils, nil, nils. But away against Man City three times. Three wins. That's, that's quality. Being as, being as he never like, won a derby as a player, he drew on two, lost two. That's crazy. But if it's just one dar- like let's say one game out of 12 against the top six, like it's, it's, not, it's not, not good enough. It's not justified enough because them five draws will do my head in. But obviously, yeah. also speaking about and their the away record, yeah, speaking about their away record, Manchester United now third at all time in the Premier League for unbe- most unbeaten away record and the two well the one team technically above them but has two different records at Arsenal with 27 and 23 and we've overtaken Liverpool because Liverpool uh, had one from Jan 2019 to Feb 2020 but obviously ours has gone since Feb 2020 till now 22 away games unbeaten in the Premier League so I do hope we continue to strive on that but I'm hoping they're not nil-nils and I'm hoping the actual wins are not Losses because I'm sick of the nil nils. I'm sick of seeing nil nils. It's good for clean sheets and defensive record, but the attacking players need to do so much better. But now I'm ready to move on. 
Shall we move on to another boring team in Chelsea versus Everton? Well, I don't think Chelsea are a boring team. I think they brought in a great manager. And he's been crazy. Okay, so he's done an amazing job, Tuchel. He's been, it's been unbeaten in 11 games in all competitions and nine of them have been in the Premier League. Quality. Absolute quality. That's what you want when you bring in a manager. Okay. There's one big question I want to talk about first before we move into the game properly. And it is an incident in the game. Was it handball when Havertz controlled it and put it in the goal? I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Have you seen it, Okay, so I'll I'll just explain it. But basically, the ball comes over, and he's jumped up to chest it like that. Yeah. But as he's jumped up, he's like misjudged the ball, and it's hit him here, like along the sleeve arm. It doesn't hit him like here, and it doesn't hit him here. It's hit him like here, around here, and they get it handball. Like he controlled it down and smashed it in, and then it went to VAR, and VAR called handball on it. Um, if, it's where you, if, if it's where you say it is, yeah, humble. See, my issue is, is that they said it's not humble if it's along the sleeve line. And that's where he controlled. So he, he went to bring it down like that, misjudged it, and it just hit him here. Just there. Well, obviously. Before, before that. So before where your skin is, it hit him here. For anybody, that, for anybody that's listening and not actually watching on YouTube, you can have a look at my weird description on YouTube. Just a simple plug there. Um, you saying about nice. the sleeve? Like, look at yeah. look at where the sleeve can go. The sleeve can go nearly to your elbow, and also if you pull it up, it's still probably closer to your elbow than it is your shoulder. So if you see him on his sleeve, it's more than likely to be handball than the shoulder. The shoulders. Look at that. I'm, I wish you could see. It. I've got my I've got my hand over the shoulders. Obviously, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see. Yeah. It. Look at that. There's more. Look at the hand. Look at the sleeve. There is left. Yeah, you know I mean? of course. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm literally asking you guys because he comes to control it and it hits his arm around here. I like, think it's, if, obviously... you, if you describe it, I think it'd be handball then. The way you describe yeah, it. it, it was just it was just awfully close because, <clears throat> as I said here, like because of the way the rule was set out again when they when they when he said if he hits any part of the arm, it's handball, and then they revamped it and went if it's in close close proximity and hits him here. It's not handball along the sleeve line. And I'm like, so what is it then? If that's handball, and then when we move on to the Arsenal game and talk about that decision, what is your rule of handball? Because if that's handball, and then the Arsenal game one isn't handball, what, what's, what's your... you gotta, you got to clear the rules up because that doesn't work. But anyways, that's why I wanted to ask that first. Yeah, Chelsea played well. Clearly, oh, yeah. Alonso is one of the most dangerous flying fullbacks I've ever seen, and that, that was the mistake he... of Frank, Frank Lampard. Lampard because yeah. just because he stormed out at half time, yes. Look at look what we spoke about it before. Look at uh, Aria with uh, Jose stormed out, but he, he played him the next week later. You can't just lob a player out for that unless it's consistent, you know what I mean. I did put another question down. Do you convert Alonso into a left midfielder and still play Chilwell? No, no. And have them as playing. It no. won't work. Yeah. Because he's playing he's playing three at the back, isn't he? Something like that. He's playing a weird formation. I don't even yeah. know how to describe it. But he's only got one left wing back or on, someone on the left side, so it wouldn't work the way he's mm. playing. Because for me, 
apart from Shaw this season, who's had a godly season, if it was any other regular season, like Chilwell is the number one English left back. And... Well, Chilwell was playing phenomenally well before Tuchel yeah. came in. Yeah, he was. Well, I wouldn't say he was playing phenomenally well, but he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was doing yeah. perfectly fine. He was doing a lot right as well. That's the yeah. thing. And he kept, he kept, but, kept his place. I, I reckon even if I were, there was still weren't that animosity between yeah. him and Alonso, I still think sure, but he kept his place. But oh, yeah. right down your screen. I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> right. um, see, um, also like I said earlier about Hudson Adoy, how he's looking like the player we know he can be. He's taking people on, crossing the ball into effective areas. Like, he just looks class. And yeah. And obviously, Tuchel just demanded more effort from him. And that's that's what he's given. He's shown it. There's nothing really much else to put on the game. Everton really well, didn't much. They, surprisingly, for, for a Ancelotti team, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't really offer... Well, it's seven clean yeah, sheets. They didn't really offer a great amount. Seven clean sheets out of nine Premier League yeah, games for Tuchel. So, he's building a masterclass of a defensive side. He's doing something, right? 100%. And obviously, it's boring football. <laughs> it's not It's not football you want to see. It's not exciting football. It's boring football. But for yeah. me, if you're getting results, it's good football. It's, it's good. It's good. It's, you're the way, the way I would describe it, and I said it on the first one we said, like it's not. I don't see it as boring. I just see it as a bit too slow. Because it, it like it, yeah. like as I said last week as well, like Chelsea at the moment, they're not looking like they're going to tear teams apart, but they're looking unbeatable, which is what they needed. Yep. And they're sta- mm. he's stabilising them, he's getting the results in, and they're getting really good results in. Like Everton was probably the hardest one they've had. You know, they have Leicester, Madrid, they beat Everton, they've beaten. They're doing really well, and I think it's only a matter of time before everything clicks and they just start playing so well. I I just think like give him another month or two, maybe next season, you'll see. And I also, also want to point out. I just want to point out about Havertz. Everyone's going mental about his performance. Yeah, that's fine, but it's only one performance. You yeah, can't hear and one. say he's being world class at the moment. No. Yes, oh God, he's no. a very good player, and his numbers in Bundesliga with Bayer Leverkusen, considering how young he is, are very, very good. But he's only played well once this season. So you also, like, the hype yeah. around him, I feel, is just oh, oh, because they're going, they're going about his performance. But his first goal took a massive deflection. Yeah, it's, it didn't count as his goal. It's classed yeah. as a non-goal, didn't it? Yeah, it's a non-goal. No, he classed as his goal. Because, no, it's Godfrey. No, Godfrey on goal. Oh, they revamped it to yeah. own goal. Jesus. That's what I mean. His goal weren't even going in then until mm-hmm. he took that massive deflection, just like Firmino's. So, like, you can't say he's been playing really well. It's just it's just one of them. He just had a good performance. And, yeah, yeah he's, I will give a little shout-out to Kurt Zuma as well because he played so well. And that man, I've never seen a defender be able to leap across continents when he jumps. Fucking His continent. jump is so high. I've never seen a defender be able to jump that high. Like, if him, I'd love to see him and Ronaldo go for it at a corner. Both of them with a running start, try and clear the ball. That'd be I want to see him jump because I reckon he can match Ronaldo. Anyways, yep. we'll move oh, on. One thing I was going to mention was you haven't said a lot about Everton and I feel like that just says exactly what yeah. their performance. They, they just didn't offer much. I mean, yeah. what did they have? Like, Richarlison was for on goal once and he still fluffed it and it's like, mm-hmm. and he was like, that was yeah. the only real opportunity they had and it, it's just one of them, isn't it? They just had a quiet game. Again, for an Ancelotti side, they had a poor game and you don't really expect that for an Ancelotti to yeah. play. <laughs> um, right. then. So yeah, next game we got West Ham and Leeds United. West Ham won two 0 
So my uh, one thing I want to say that's really interesting about this is uh, what Declan Roy said after the game. When he said he was actually really annoyed at their performance, said they just weren't good enough. Yeah. They just they just beat Leeds, who are a really exciting team, two 0 and he said they weren't good enough. And I think that just goes to show how well West Ham have been this season. Yeah. Like their mentality, mentality yeah. in completely it's, it's the right place. It's it's, all, it's like it's, proper up there. It's, and I, I read that game as well. well. Which is something you wouldn't even know. It's even David Moyes, sorry, considering how like you know he took luckily at his last few jobs and stuff, how he struggled. But like, yeah, unreal, unreal mentality. It's what you need. Every yeah. West Ham fan should be excited about what's going on. Turn yeah. into an and unreal it looks side very as well. Positive for the future. Hundred percent. Say I said they turn into an unreal side, and hundred percent they're gonna mm. get. Yeah. Defo, they're gonna get Europe surely. Like, <laughs> hang on, what's the table? The table, the fifth at the minute with forty-eight points. Fifth, yeah. Forty-eight points. Uh, two points clear yeah, of Everton. Um, they, they can do it. They've got a game in hand on Chelsea, who got fifty points. So the Champions League place is still up for grabs. So it's just all about how they play in the next games. But also Lingard again getting another goal. Come on, relishing, relishing in sensational form. Six man. games, he four is... goals, one assist. That's although ridiculous. He can't take penalties for Toffee. He cannot take penalties. He, he got lucky with that rebound, rebound. Like he got very lucky to score that. <laughs> he can't take penalties. Well, he got the goal from me at the end of the day. So yeah, that's all that matters. Also, I might, I might have been a bit harsh when I wrote this note down, but I'm still going to say it. Bamford showing his old self as usual. Now I'm loving it. Booning shots over the bar, not being clinical enough, scuffing shots wide. Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. All this hype around him can now go and die there. There's still hype around and him. Do you love he'll... it when uh, an England fan is loving when one of our strikers for the Euros is going to be playing like shit? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no, because, because I know what's going to happen. He'll get taken, and I guarantee Antonio won't. And Antonio deserves that spot. Like I understand, he's played well at the start of the season, but now he doesn't know what football is. He's now going to go back to diving. He'll join Tom Daly and start that splash show that he used to have because he he's hundred percent not scoring. He's hundred percent not scoring, so he's now going to go back to his play. So are you co- are you confident that he ain't going to score up. one more goal to the, in the next ten games? He probably will. No, more than I'm, I'm asking a yes or score. no. Yes or no? No, I can't say no because because that's. I'm literally saying a hundred percent yes. I'm saying a hundred percent yes. That's f- you can say he hundred percent will. It, I'm not going to say like unless Deanna's he gets like an gonna, injury that's going to put him out again. for the next three months. He will hundred percent score a goal in the next ten games. He probably what I'm saying is he mo- more than likely will. Things happen where he might not, but he more than likely will score another goal. But he's. His form is dropping. He's not scoring as much. He's not being involved in games as much. He's missing a lot of chances. Like, he had four chances in that West Ham game where he scuffed them all. All of them. Every single one. Every single one he messed up. Like, he's not even like... it might not just be a Bamford thing. It might just be a Leeds thing because Leeds have scored a goal. They haven't scored a goal in a couple of games, which is very unlike them. Yeah, exactly. the entire the team's whole... having a having a problem. Like young Jack Harrison from Man City, he's like he was on fire, but obviously he's not playing as well now. But like your main goal scorer is back to his old self. I just nothing else to say about that. But uh... if it now we could have had two of the best goals of the season on a weekend if that had dipped two inches from four nails 
when he that volley from about 30 to 35 <laughs> yards out oh my god and rattled the bar yeah oh my god what a strike if that would have gone in Kane just just put them both as goal of the season Kane's and Fornells just plop them there just don't even don't even say oh Kane's is better or oh Fornells was better if that would have gone in they both had to have won there's no shot well there is no goal which will be mentioned later which was a quality finish uh, (laughs) later on I'll obviously mention the player when it comes up but um, I've got a quick question do you think West Ham should sign Lingard and will they help him strengthen the team for Europa League slash Champions League next year yes I think they should I, I think they'd be stupid not to at the moment. Mm. Like, whether you spend the money or the money that the man you're going to ask for is a different question, but I feel like with how well he's performing, yeah, I feel like if you're West Ham, you'd, you'd bite you reckon, his arm off the opportunity to keep him. 15, 20 million is a fair price for Lingard. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. yeah. At the moment, actually. Because you remember, he's a young and up-and-coming prospect, so you don't want to splash the cash for a guy that... <laughs> Been young enough for coming for fifteen years. I swear he's been. I swear he's like twenty-seven now, Lingard. Yeah, somewhere. He's old now. 28. He's, he's technically, you could say, in his prime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but um... give, give him a couple. Give him a couple of years to develop. He'll be all right. He will. Oh my god, I can't believe that man. Everybody's still a young. It's it's because at that stage he was acting like a bit of a kid when he uh, when he was is. like. Uh, yeah, well, as long as you're enjoying it, you know what I mean. Like, go I, don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Live young in it. Like the way, the way I see, if I was, if I was that, if I was a bit older and I was playing professional football, earning that much money, I'd be skipping and dancing and jogging naked on the streets for all I of players skipping, jumping, and being naked everywhere. Liverpool. Liverpool. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. What's it? What's going on? That's one nil to Fulham. Bag of scrap, as a man like Kev would say. A bag of scrap. That's what they are. Awful. So, like, they played um, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips at centre back, and again, I'm like, that's fine. But why would you spend money on a centre back in the in the window if you're not going to play him? I didn't yeah. play like the Kazakh guy. I didn't play uh, Ben Davis. Ben Davis is the boy in. Yeah, Ben Davis. I, I I just don't understand why. I don't yeah. get it as well. What I don't understand why they won't play that Ben Davis either. I don't get it. Neither do oh, I. he's a he, he's a good centre back, and I I just can't understand why they're not playing him. That Quebec, mm. it looks good. Somebody with a bit of pace, he looks a bit shaky, but he's got to get used to the Premier League. But like, play them too. They're obviously a lot more experienced. I know you want to play your youngsters to get them experience and stuff, but this is this is crunch time now where you have to push for a European place because you're not going to make it. That I've written down here, Liverpool are in such a slump. The question is, will they make the top six? In well, your opinion, right if you, now, if you look at yeah, it. They will. Uh, if you look at it right now, so at the moment, Liverpool are 8th with 43 points. Spurs are 7th with a game in hand. And Everton are also 6th with a game in hand with 46 and 45. And you actually have Aston Villa, who have two games in hand on Liverpool with 40 points. So Liverpool could end up dropping ninth at this rate. Yeah, but we have mentioned like a couple of weeks ago, talking about Villa, that they're not consistent enough. I know, because without, yeah. without Jackie Grealish, 
to be fair. But all, all it takes is Liverpool to get one of those games, a 1-0 win, and they'll overtake Liverpool on goal difference. That's how poor Liverpool have actually been. And speaking the of way Paul, I see Liverpool is they'd only need like a, a, a one or two wins and they'll be back to normal. Like if you talk about their Champions League performance yesterday, they beat Leipzig 2-0 and like they had Fabinho playing at CDM where he should be playing. They had Thiago playing at Centimin. And apparently, I haven't watched the game myself, but apparently they played really well together. And just goes to show that eventually when players do come back, they will be fine. They just need to get that bit of look back. Because I said here that that's what I put. I put Champions League performance ace but they can't put any sort of Premier League form together at all but the thing is that's, that's their issue they can't put any any Premier League form they get just goes to tatters straight away their last and he's like, their last six what, Premier League team, man? home games they've all lost that is a new record yeah. for Liverpool Anfield has been a fortress for years like literally this is, coming up to this 100 is but the, you know this I mean? is the thing. This is taking nothing away from Fulham because Fulham played like they weren't in the relegation zone. They played like they've been winning all season. They played so well. So they defended so well as well. Like they they played and defended so well. And kudos to Fulham. Like if anything, now I kind of want them to stay up because of the way they've been playing the past few games. Well, the past few weeks actually. Like they have been on serious form, and I kind of want them to stay up. Plus. Scott Parker is a very handsome man, and I'd like to see him in the Premier League more. Oh, don't, because Dow hates Scott Parker. I think he's arrogant as hell. <laughs> I don't. Him and Arteta need to go. The a manager no, shouldn't be bro, a pretty Scott boy. A manager a should not be a pretty boy. A manager should be like your Roy Hodgson's, <laughs> your Alex Ferguson's, your Arsene Wenger's. You know what I mean? Not saying I'm ugly mugs, but they should look. You know like what I'm trying to say? They're not casually <laughs> <laughs> insulting loads of top class managers. <laughs> Genius. But they, like, would you... they shouldn't be focused on their hair in the morning, or you know what I mean? Like Pep Guardiola, he shaved all his hair off because it's just too much stress to look after it. And look at him—he's one of the best managers around because he shaved but... all his hair off. It's one okay. less thing to worry about. Okay, in the this is turned into manager. <laughs> of, um... Manager Salon. Literally. <laughs> By Dale. But yeah. anyway, Lamina, so, first goal it, of the season. Bringing it back. Quality. Yeah. But bringing it back, I said, I said, attacking boys, Liverpool just don't look like themselves. Like in the Prem, they really don't. Like the flu, you know, I hope you can get, get a gist of what I'm trying to say, but like the fluid runs, the way the passing was, the, the, well, just the link, just I, summer, summer is disconnected somewhere I, and it's just not quite clear. And that's understandable because players do dip in and out of form and it happens and it, and it can happen. But when I watch Liverpool, I just don't seem like they're dangerous. Well, stat man here. I've got a quick little stat for you. I've seen the past six home games Liverpool have had, they've conceded 10 and only scored one. See, that's what I mean. Six home just... games in the Premier League. Bear in mind, because obviously, if you looked... include Leipzig, it's a different story. Even though he's an ex-Wolves player, I really do like him, and they have looked a lot better since Jota's come back from injury. He has looked. He's like given them a breath of fresh air. It's like taking the pressure off Salah and Mane, but it still isn't enough. Just one it's player too far doing gone. that. I think. Like, I think Jota... Jurgen Klopp just needs to get this season over and done with. 
yeah, and the quicker he gets, the quicker he gets his over the line, the quicker he can restart, refresh, rechat, get new players in. Actually, he might actually get to the board and say, "We need a world class or a very good defender as a backup now because of what what we've yeah. seen this season." You know, what I mean, we cannot have that happen again. Um, they've got the midfielders, they've got the attacking players. The might I, re- I reckon they need maybe need to even though I like Firmino. To be fair, coming from Manchester United, Manchester United fan, I do like Firmino because of what he gives to the team. But maybe they need to get another an attacking pro less up front, like Firmino. Maybe a Yao Felix. Maybe who knows what could happen there? I ain't got a Scooby Doo, but that's what I think they need to do. The quicker they get the season over, the quicker Liverpool can get back to maybe the old selves, which we've seen the past three years. That's that's my verdict on that entire Liverpool situation this season. Um, the way I, whenever I watch Liverpool, it generally looks like they just don't have a plan B. So especially when they're coming up against teams like your Fulham's, like your you know your, your lower league teams, you grind the results out like Brighton and the, the such. Like it's really frustrating to watch, and obviously me being a very neutral fan about it all. So like without their midfield free, like normally you got Henderson who makes like some fantastic passes, Fabinho cleans up, and then you got usually someone else who makes intricate passes like your Wijnaldum, your Caters. Without Henderson, without Fabinho, they've obviously got one of the best passes in the world, Thiago, trying to move around, but obviously he's got nothing in front of him. And when you watch Liverpool, they always, always at the moment are passing to Robertson or Alexander Arnold, and they're just crossing it in. And they're crossing it in with Salah, Firmino, and Mano up top, who aren't going to win headers against the likes of Fulham centre backs for Adarabaya, for example. It's bread and butter. They're going to clear yeah. it every single time. And watching it, like watching it, who like likes to see teams do well. I'm watching it going. It's just frustrating to watch. As a Liverpool, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be so fuming at that TV screen because they're doing it over and over again. They're nothing like nothing's nothing's going in. Do something different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, that's that's what I've seen from watching them. And. Like like you say, there's no because without because what would usually happen is it'd be an intricate play through the middle and then out wide and exactly. then it's a quick crossing. So like it'd be Firmino, exactly. Wijnaldum, Salamane all doing their little touchy bits, and then as soon as the ball breaks and there's a little space because everybody's sucked into the middle, it'd be pinged out to either Trent or. Robertson, and then they'd whip the cross in when everybody stepped up because that's what it is. They lure everybody in with their intricate yeah. passing, make the defense step up a little bit, straight into Trent, straight into Robertson, crossing the face of goal, bang, use the pace of Salah and Mane to get the ball in. And yeah, th- that's what they usually do. But the, the, the issue is, is that they're relying on Tiago to do all the intricate passing. And then there's nobody else that can do it. And as well as Curtis Jones has been playing, he's not experienced enough to learn that play quick enough yet. And he's yeah, a very like, good player, but he's got Curtis to win. Like, they're talking about Curtis Jones. I haven't seen him do much of the passing, but he's very direct and runny. And yeah. like that's what the like, like something else that you like. They have like a very good base midfield where they usually have that kind of person. Like whenever Oxlade Chamberlain plays, for example, he always looks like he's going to score because he's just so direct with the ball and he just yeah. keeps going. He's got such a high tempo about it. And yet, like I see the similar things with Curtis Jones, but like, like the injuries that they've had, and like, you can always sit here and blame it on them, but it is generally affecting them because they're not getting the personnel they yeah. need in the right positions. Nah. 
because also I think like your defensive midfielders are sitting deeper instead of running yeah. forward because they know that they've got they have to protect the back four. Yeah. Right. Well, Whereas Joe Gomez and Van Dijk, you did you don't really need to protect them. Let's be yeah. honest, they're players that are that good that you don't need to protect them. Whereas you, you, now, you see when they have like their fully strength squad, like. You, you, you look at the midfield for they usually have and you see for you class Fabinho as that defensive midfielder but the one who's usually passing with the defenders is Henderson yeah. and then for Fabinho the license to deliver and then and then when the other team are bored that's when he screens it's 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 just mm-hmm. it's sad to see say that yeah we could go on about it forever because yeah. me and Al love yeah. a dynamic I know, midfield <laughs> I know it's not sad for Dal to see he's sitting there smirking and loving life but we'll, we'll move on anyway we'll move on well, I do, I do have an interesting uh, fact about Liverpool. Um, let me just quickly uh, get it up. So, obviously, uh, they have dropped 26 points. Um, the the points drop off from, like, last season. And uh, they're now the one, two, three, four, fifth uh, team to do so. Um, and the season's not even over. First place is Chelsea, believe it or not. They finished tenth in the 2015-16 season. Yeah, that was when they had a really awful season with Mourinho after winning the league. And then it was Leicester. <clears throat> Leicester's also got 37, uh-huh. but they finished twelfth. But um, Manchester United are in there, believe it or not. Freak Manchester United are in there I, I because of the David Moore season. But yeah, I think it's more of the fact that how good they were last season, as as more as opposed to how bad they are this season, because they're still in touch with the rest of the top four. It's just that last season they were so far ahead at this stage. So at this stage already last season they're like twenty points ahead. Yeah, I think was. it's more about how how good last season was rather they than was how literally bad it's been so close to finish the season this time last year. To be honest, they were nearly yeah. they nearly won it, but because of lockdown, which happened. Later yeah. on, towards the end of the month, halted that for them, and changed yeah. the whole dynamic. Coronavirus yeah. has shaped the way of football today, as we see it, because of all the fixture mm. conditions and all that stuff. Because no international football, but yeah, it is. Right, what's the next? Fixture? What's the next fixture, Dal? The next fixture is a Burnley Arsenal. It was a one-one draw. Right, shall we just get it out there? Let's just get it out there. Right, straight off the bat. What is Granite Xhaka doing, bro? <laughs> what is he out, doing? If like we obviously we record this on a Thursday, and I usually have like the games on my screen. I've just switched over to the Tottenham game, but I was watching Arsenal against Olympiacos, and almost exactly the same thing has just happened to him again. So Leno's passed it out to this time Sabios. Sabios has tried to take it around at striker. The striker just tackled him. Open goal. Got goal. One-one. Exactly. Almost. Exactly the same as what's happened to him on Saturday. They're clearly trying to play a style, but Arteta doesn't have the personnel for it yet. Yeah. It just ain't going to work. He's trying to play Sabayos like Man City. He's literally trying to play like Man City. Pep Guardiola. Jack is a straight donkey, bro. <laughs> You're trying I to play. I don't know what he was trying to do. I just look, looks across, looks at his fullback, looks at Chris Wood and goes, I'll hit Chris Wood, I will. <laughs> <laughs> But he's got he's got two other players on the left of him. He's got two other players he can actually pass to if he does a first time pass. I don't know what he's doing. I really agree. I really agree with the commentary because they also put blame on Leno because like they say, why don't you just hoof it? But that's not what he's been told to do. Simple as. Yeah. Yeah. Leno's been told all the blame on him. Yeah. If Leno's been like you play it from the back. Uh oh. What? Computer. We're all here. Okay, my computer's sneezing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry, my computer's like frozen a little bit. Um, I'll carry on speaking. Sorry. Um, yeah. So like, if Leno's been told to play it from the back, like, 
that that's what he's been told. You're going to do what your manager's told you to do. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was just, it was so odd. So odd. Like, even if you look that way, he had time to turn the other way and go to his left back instead. Like, it's not even like he was under pressure. He had so much time to just spin the other way. But he was adamant on using his weak foot to dip that to whoever it was at right back. Well, you know what right. um, really shocks me at Arsenal is William is now their all-time highest assistant this season in five, and three of them was in the first game of the Premier League season. You know what, though? It wouldn't it wouldn't be that high if Pope had saved Aubameyang's goal because he should have. Let's be honest. Pope's a great goalkeeper, but he's be saving that. Yeah, I'm still here, don't worry. It just, uh, it just put it put the power and just like pfft. it was a lot of power. Right, it? I've I've even written down Pope. I will stick up for. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because think about it. Lacazette is ten yards out. His defender has been absolutely sold for no reason. He's gone and done. Lowton has been beaten far too easily, and he's given Lacazette a complete open goal to shoot from as hard as he wants from ten yards out. What do you expect him to do? Oh no! I his reactions absolutely. have done phenomenally well to get down there in the first place. And, and Nick Gallus. Pope will be more annoyed than no, no. Nick Pope's gotten down well, so like yeah. no one is going to be more angry about this than Nick Pope because he's got a hand to it. But there's nothing else you can ask him to do because he's ten yards out and he's got a completely free shot at goal. I will I not sit here and no, take was, any was, kind of blame to Pope. It, it was it was it's a bad not, game. scored. Bad... Yeah, no. You said, said you said Lacazette. Did I? Yeah. I thought I said Bamiang. It doesn't matter either way. I fully, I fully understand where you're coming from. Like, I know, I know you're saying, what else can you do? And I suppose if they went the other way, if he went outside, not inside, I think, yeah, that there's nothing much Pope can do. And it was a good shot. But you can even see from Pope's face, he's disappointed that he should have saved it. And I think a player of, a goalkeeper of Pope's quality, I think, yeah, maybe he should have saved it. I'm not saying, like, oh, it was a bad... I'm not saying, oh, it wasn't a bad save. But I think... If he's got there anyway, and he's literally palmed it against the post and it's gone in, like it's not like against the post and it's bounced in, but like it's just behind the post and he's palmed it and it's oh. still gone in. I'm like, maybe, maybe if he just had a bit of a stronger hand, maybe he would have saved it a bit better. Okay. Yes, but he's a tall bloke. And like I said, it's it's from 10 yards out of free shot. He's gotten down yeah. quickly enough. You can't expect him to get down from a foot like being that close and get the strong hand behind it. He's got as much as he can behind it. This, I'm not gonna, I would not sit here and say he should have saved it. Well, he's doing it, the best. It's all he can. Listen, listen I've got, I'm on the I'm on like the fence. I agree with both of you. But I'm going to give you my verdict ready. So, <laughs> Abamyang has obviously beaten Lowton, right? He's literally, far too easily. Yeah, far too easily. And... If you're Lowton, it's what Aubameyang does every single game on that left-hand side, cuts in with yeah. his right foot. Not, so, not even that. Like, you know he's right-footed. Why aren't, why aren't you showing him down the wing? Yeah, literally. What are you? What are you, what are you doing? Exactly. So, the, but the thing baffled. is, usually when Aubameyang gets in that position, what do they try to do? He tries to curl in far corner. And I think Pope is actually Pope's actually a clever goalkeeper. He knows what Aubameyang's like. He's ready for that far corner finish. And so, obviously... When he does get near post, it does take Pope by surprise. He does react well, but for me, I feel like he could have got it onto the post and out. 
So it's a bit of a 50-50. Obviously, it was like a very said, fast shot so, from Aubameyang. It caught Pope by surprise because Aubameyang usually goes for the far corner. He always curls in far corner. It's what Aubameyang does. You know what I mean? But obviously, it all comes down to Loughton, poor defending. That's where it comes from. I, I fully understand where you're coming from, Al. I fully understand because you're a goalkeeper. You fully know where, I know where you're it's coming just, from. The worst part about it is it's so frustrating when you have commentators, pundits on TV, none of them are goalkeepers and they're always like, yeah. oh, he's been beaten at his near post. That's bad. You're sitting there going, my favourite comment I ever saw from a goalkeeper on Twitter was, yeah, okay, if it doesn't get beaten at his near post, it gets beaten at his far, far post. What's the difference? It's yeah. The goal. Like, I, fully, I fully understand where you're coming from and like, I'll even sit here and defend. It's infuriating. I, I'll fully sit here and defend <laughs> goalkeepers with you, but I just, I, personally, I just feel like he maybe could have saved it. That's all. Literally, I just think from the way it was, I just think because he's obviously frustrated himself. You can see that from not saving it. He knows he should have saved it. Any any goalkeeper, if even if they get the slightest bit of a fingertip on the ball, they're always annoyed because they've got a hand to it. They're always annoyed. Yeah, it's gone in. Even if even if it's like brushed a fingertip and it was yeah. in the top corner and it's an absolute world. Even if they get the slightest touch, every goalkeeper in the world will be annoyed that it's gone in. No 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 questions asked. Speaking... I just think he's done the best he can with that situation, and we'll move on. Oh, yeah. I'm getting heated. Yeah. <laughs> speaking oh, sorry speaking of Burnley they clearly learned how to defend from the previous week because they didn't get slapped 4-0 and yeah. they learned how to close down and actually defend because they stopped a lot of shots even though there should have been a penalty because of the handball because VAR looked at it and went you see obviously <sighs> the thing is with that one We've seen penalties been given for less, but we've seen penalties not been given, even though they've done far more. And obviously, he was very close to Pepe when the ball hit his arm. But I can actually see there is intent from Kevin. Is it Kevin Friend? Yeah, it's Kevin Friend. There is intent for him. You can see his his body is moving towards the ball. You can actually see it. But he is very close to Pepe, and maybe that's what I think VAR are saying. He doesn't have a time to react, but if you actually look back at the replay, right. Kevin Friend actually. If you want about the, if you want about the player, it's Eric Peters. It's Eric Peters, yeah. Was it? Was you sure? I think Kevin Friend's a referee. Kevin no. Friend's a referee, bro. No, no, no. Kevin Friend's a player. No, it's no. Not. Kevin Friend's a referee. It's Eric Peters, the player. Are you Eric sure? Eric Peters is the one with the handball. Yeah, Eric Peters used to play for Stoke, bro. He used to play for Stoke, and then Burnley signed him. Kevin Friend is the ref. Kevin Friend's the ref. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. So I've written down that like Eric Peters has had the maddest like half hour of his life, and I've got so much written down here. So he had a thirty-yard volley, like superbly tipped over by yeah. there. Now he then got a, ye- a yellow card for a pretty hard tackle. Then he had these the the, the penalty appeal, which yeah, if we're going on what's happened, if we're going on what's happened this season, I think it is a penalty. Just because yeah. of what's happened this season. If you ignore what's happened this season, normally I'd say no because he's a yard away from him. The second time, he's had the like the, the most brilliant goal line clearance I think I've ever I'm seen in my entire life on the top of his shoulder. And he had a red card rescinded all in the space of half an hour. Yeah, he literally yeah. got sent off, rescinded, not a penalty, but then should have given a penalty away because it's handball. The only reason I say it's 100% a penalty is because your Cooksley jumps up for the ball, hits his hand, it's a penalty. Hudson Adoy jumps for the ball with his arm up, hits his hand, not a penalty. And then this one happens and it's not a penalty, but I'm pretty sure last week there was a penalty for handball when it grazed somebody's arm again. And I'm like, 
make your mind up on what is and what isn't a penalty, fam. Like, mm. through the whole VAR situation. Well, hang just... on. Are you saying this is a penalty then, Jim? What? Are you saying this... So, Eric Peters... Is it Eric Peters? Oh, it's not Kevin Friend? Yeah. Eric Peters? Okay. No. <laughs> so, are you saying, Eric Peters, that's a penalty? Yeah. It's the exact same concept of uh, Hudson-Odoi with the Greenwood situation. It's the exact same. I just you said, said it was a no, you said, yeah, you said, said last week it wasn't a penalty. No, there was an incident last week with a handball that wasn't Hudson-Odoi. No, I mean, that no, I mean was like, a penalty. The, the, on the podcast last on week, the podcast you said, last week, you said the Greenwood and uh, Callum hudson no, no, no. was we, not a penalty. Please, please go Please go back and listen to it because I said under the current circumstances it is a penalty but I see why he hasn't given it because Greenwood's lifted his arm as well. And you, it, That's what I've said. But you said it was not a penalty though. That, that, the overall conclusion is not a penalty. Yeah, because this isn't a penalty. This one, like Alex says, scrap VAR, scrap the weird rules. It's not a pen. Same as your Cooks lose one. It's not a pen. He's just jumped forward like that and he's brushed his hand. They're not penalties. That's not that's not the way. But under the new law, they're all penalties. Every single one of them is a pen. But like last week, he didn't give the penalty. And the only reason I can think of it is because Greenwood lifted his arm at the same time. And obviously we agreed to disagree on that. Yeah, yeah. But this one, there's no other person in contention for the ball. And he still hasn't but given the thing a penalty. Is, though, like, it's, it's so close. Need... The ball's been hit so no. close, that's why. But you need consistency. The thing is, but if, if you think about it, that is consistent. Over, that, that is consistent. They've not gave a penalty for that. But it's not because yeah, the ball's not for the rest of the season. Yeah. The amount of penalties the flying over exactly like that that have been given this season. Yeah, and that one hasn't. Like I said, if you go on what should have been happening this season, it should be a penalty. If, yeah. if you scrap the pre like the handball or that's just come in recently or from last season and scrap VAR, normally every referee would say that's not a penalty because a yard away you can't get the way of it. But with the new rules, where if it's not like uh, a natural body position, which Eric Peters isn't because his arms are up here, if you're defending the down here, but they're up here and they hit the arm, it's a penalty. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what you're saying. It's not consistent because the penalty against Albion, the balls come flying over. You Cooks lose jumped and it's hit his hand and he's gone handball. But the balls come flying over in the Man U game. Hudson Adoy's done that and it's not a penalty. That's not consistent. Yeah, the difference is between your Cooks and Adoy, even though Adoy should have been a penalty. Your Cooks jumping in the air anyway, but he's not really seen, but his arm's up in the air anyway. Obviously, so I can understand why that was given a penalty. But Adoy, he literally puts, you see, you see his arm raise up to the ball in slow motion. Which is yeah, annoying, and you see also. That's why that's agreeing our point. It's not consistent enough. It's not consistent enough. You just said that's the issue. No, I'm, it's sorry, just not I'm consistent. saying it's consistent because they have obviously from last week and this week because they haven't given Eric Peters penalty, so that's consistency. No, no, but it's not consistent all season. That's the difference. They, oh, changed, no. they changed the rule a few a few like weeks before the Cooks loop penalty anyway. So they've, they've changed, changed it last week after the Fulham game because of like if it's now an accidental handball and it leads to a goal, it doesn't count as a handball anymore. Yeah. You can't keep changing it. You have to be so much more consistent this with is, it. It's just this wrong. is the issue we're saying. It's just not consistent at all because under the new rules, they're all penalty. Every single one is a penalty, no matter what it is. I think, Every single one. See, for me, and I, will I, think, say that. I think Peters is not a penalty, but I think the Adoys was a penalty. 
but, but it, has to, be, what, but it has to be a penalty. Because you see Callum Hudson-Odoi properly lift his arm up trying to balance the ball on the back of his hand. and then. But is he not just lifting his hand to go in front of Greenwood? No. And it happens to hit his hand there. If he, if he was doing that... See, I don't... If he was doing that, if he was doing that, he would have put his arm on him easy. He would have stretched his arm out. That's what but he's... his arm so, was, so up, was I think up me like and Alex... That. I think me and Alex are in agreement here. What Hudson... Adoy's doing is grabbing Greenwood's arm to pull him back so he can get in front of him. That's yeah. what he's doing. As he, Greenwood's he running that. like this, Hudson Adoy's done that to grab his arm and pull him back. He didn't. And that's what he's done. He did not and grab him. So just how, in the sequence how, of events how, happening. He, how has he grabbed him? He didn't grab him. He didn't touch him. Bro, he's yeah, hand is on his arm. Yeah. He didn't touch Greenwood's him. arms come back because he's running. Hudson Adoy's arm's gone forward because he's running. It's just that so Hudson Odoi looks like he's tried to grab him, but because of the way they're running naturally, their arms just going different directions. He hasn't tried to grab him. He's tried to get the ball. Hundred percent. He hasn't. He hasn't optionally gone to handball the he ball, has. bro. He hasn't. He has that's accidental. To control the ball. 100%. Yeah, but also if you talk about Eric Peters, like I said, it's a, it has to be a natural body position. That's the rule. The His rule arms wasn't up. His arms were down. On natural body position. His arms was down. His arms were up here. There wasn't. By his side. His arms. His arms were up what, here. Watch the replay. His arms are down. The, his arms are down. Like this. His arms are down. His arms. He's not. They're not up here. They're up here. That's not natural. That, it has to be down here. Also, it, it, you've seen penalties given this season with the arms up here. It's exactly the same. There's just no consistency with it. It, yeah, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't up straight. It was down. It was like a, a consistent angle. Yeah, he can't get in a natural position, but he's not in a natural position. That's what. That's what. That's it, the it argument. Is, but he, he needs. Room, he needs to try and get into a natural position because Pepe is that close. He can't get himself into a natural position. So that's yes, therefore but because yes, Pepe he can't is that get close into one, but he's not in one. Yeah, but because Pepe is that close, he can't. That's yes why it's or not no? Is he, is, he, is he in a natural position? Yes or no? Simple question. Yes or no? Is he in a natural position? Yes. He's not. You just said he wasn't. You just said he wasn't because you said he can't get in a natural position. It's because Alex gave me a yes or no question. That's why. Yeah, but, and, yeah, but you've just you said just... he can't get into a natural position. So <laughs> You've just, just contradicted yourself because you said he can't get into one, but you said he's right. using one. So which is it? Point. Yes. Uh, whatever. So let's move on to the nil-nil draw with West Brom and Newcastle. We don't even have There's to cover to this yeah. I will literally, I will literally cover this in. Three minutes. Board draw. There you go. Let's right. go. Three so, minutes. Don't even need to. No team have any quality. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Yeah, literally. Boring. I put boring game. Phillips should have hit the target. Joe Linton should have had a shot instead of trying to pass it. Joe Lint uh, Johnston has been our saviour recently. And it was as nil-nil as you can get. Mm. Like, every time I watch it, like, like there's just no quality. Like, the final ball yeah. isn't good enough. The finishing isn't good both enough. Teams. The crossing isn't both good teams. enough. Both teams. They're both just poor. And we if, are you, poor. if you go on just that game alone, they both deserve to go down. Yeah. That was appalling Premier League. It was awful. awful. It, was, it was dreadful. And yeah. I will say, for any Albion fans, if you, are, if you are listening, I've been looking on Twitter and everything, and people have been saying that Pereira just ain't going to cut it. And I'm like... Get a grip yourself and re-screw your head on because Pereira is good enough. It's the squad. We don't have a good enough manager to keep us up, a good enough manager to keep those flair players happy, and that's just it. Pereira doesn't look happy. Yeah, he's not quick enough. It's his first season in the Premier League. Get over it. Uh, he's just kept Pulis. Moving on. That's nah. That'll be another forty-five minute discussion. But I agree on. with Alex. But moving on. <laughs> <laughs> another. Uh, oh another God! Draw. Draw. I mean, I it was it was a it was a semi-entertaining entertaining game. Draw, but Villa 
<laughs> Villa Wolves, nil-nil. What I've put is Villa need to increase the size of their goalpost by two inches and they'd score because they smashed the post twice. <laughs> well, the bar times. twice or three times. I put Neto. Neto scares me. He has some serious pace about him. And if Traore, Neto and Podence are on the same field, that is incredible pace. But they'll do nothing with it. But they'll do nothing with it. Yeah. Traore this season has been so Yeah, I think Podence and Neto will. 27 games, 0-0. Baby all just keeps getting better and better, don't we? You know what I mean? Uh, You know what? Let's, let's, Let's get... Let's let's create our own very own Babyol Sunlock oh, lotion and call it Trial right? and let's just give it him every week because he deserves it. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> what I what I've written down is Martinez has saved him because he's pulled off an absolute worldy of like, like the last minute against Conor Cody. Yeah, but I've also said. Connor Cody like had two opportunities that game. Yeah. At the post of the first one, fair enough. But as it remains size, yeah, two yards out, absolutely guide it. Oh Mate, my days! That's worse than Carnu for the Albion back in day. Literally, that is Literally. awful. That is a well, disgusting. Was it um, Kozak as well when he hit the bar as well? Konza, yeah, that's Kozak, what I'm Kozak, saying. Konza, the... Ezri Konza, and it. The game was just so full of chances, but nobody could actually take them. Nobody could finish the dinner. Yeah, exactly. Cody hit and the post will, as well. I will. I will make a point that Ross uh, Ross Barkley's revival hasn't exactly gone to plan at Villa, has it? It started well. It's, started it's at the moment. Awesome. I feel like he's trying, like especially with Grealish not in the team. I feel like he's trying too hard to be that. Really, you know, that, that, that catalyst in the team to pull yeah. it forward. But when you're picking the ball up in your own half, like just on your D, and you're trying to like dribble past two or three players and getting tackled every time, it's just not going to work. No. Nope. But that's up for that game because we yeah. are. Well, quick, not like, quick question. Do you reckon Martinez could get Golden Glove? He's got 14 clean sheets yeah. and Edison's got 15. Uh, I don't see Edison. Being overtaken, but it will be a close run thing, in my opinion. Well, I, think, I, think yeah, I think he'll be down to I think one Edison game. will get it, but I, I agree. I think about to one or two. Well, third place is currently Mendy, and bear in mind, seven clean sheets in the last nine with two call. He's only got 12, 12 mm. uh, clean sheets, two behind Martinez, three behind Edison. Yeah, I'm fuming. I took him out of my fantasy team, and now look at him. Yep. Yeah, oh, right. Put, Ed- put Edison in, and then Man City is starting to see goals. Typical. 100%. Uh, but, so, last game. Moving then. on. Sheffield United and Southampton. Yeah, last game of the weekend. Um, what have I written down? So um, I put... Sorry. 2 no Southampton. Do you want to yeah. go first? All, all I was going to say was... Um, the third, like, I, I predicted Sheffield United to win this game purely because I think Southampton don't have that much quality at the moment. And I think Sheffield United would, would have wanted it more. Little did I know that Ethan Ampadu decided to take out someone for no reason. And yeah. Just, Absolutely, screw him over. Yeah. Struggling at the minute, and Ampador. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, how did I say that? Ampador. He's Ampadour. a. I've said um, he he's struggling a little bit recently. Um, in but I say I'm singling out Ampadu, and it's unfair. It's all the defence. To be fair, oh god, yeah. Sheffield United's defence is just so poor this season. Like, 
if you can compare it to last season, they've had a lot of injuries as well, like Sheffield United have with their back line. And the the way that like their back three or their back five, whatever you want to see it works, is with their overlap of centre-back. It's a well-oiled system, but as soon as you take one or two out and put one another couple in trying to replace it, that doesn't work because they don't work as well together. And they've struggled, and it's shown how much they've struggled. And, and last year, Henderson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will say Aaron Ramsdale hasn't been awful in the last couple of games, but he's not that good. Nah. Yeah. He's not a goalkeeper that'll keep you up. Yeah. I think I think he looked out at Bournemouth with Nathan Ake being so good at Bournemouth, and that's what kept Bournemouth up for a while defensively with Jack Stevens. But it just obviously their form burnt out, and that was it then. But I will say, as much as we criticise Sheffield United's defence. Chay Adams comes out with an absolute worldie from nothing. Absolute nothing. It's pinging around the box. Falls to him. Oh my giddy. On the well, I forgot who assisted it. it. I, forgot, I forgot what Southampton player assisted it, but if you actually look back, it the way he chested it towards Adams was quality because he knows what Adams. Oh, I'm yeah. yeah, he knows what Adams wants to do. He sees him there, he spots the ball. Chelsea, and he actually mm. he actually turns and moves out of the way because he know Adams is literally going to put his fucking laces through, and that's exactly what he did. Top bins, yeah, man. Qu- just as he, good as Kane's goal. In you know what I mean? He, that was, he, uh, that, was a se- that was a season's worth of anger into that strike. That was hundred yeah. percent. Well, the thing 100%. is though, he scored four goals in four Premier League games against his former club Sheffield United as well. So he's got a, he's got a thirst for this. So. You know what's even more sweet about that volley? Not just the fact that he hit it dead on. He cut across the ball. Oh, my God. I love a good strike where it cuts across the ball. It's such a sexy thing to look at. It's and so straight. It's so was... powerful. And the, you, see, oh, you see the ball actually lifted the goal and stuck right underneath the goal. Yeah. Oh, that was satisfying. S- serious power in that strike. That was satisfying. But I, I did say I wanted to give an honourable mention to that Nathan Teller. He looks seriously good. Oh, yeah. Like he's a young he's two kid. Games this season. He looks good he's for the future. Quick, and rapid. Liverpool are probably going to buy him. He won the penalty, so he got the assist for uh, James Ward. Yeah. So, he's a quality player. Also, has to start for England all day, but we'll gloss over that. And Minamino should have scored. Um, yeah. 100%. 100%. Minamino should have scored. But Minamino, in the form he's his, in at the minute. his time at Southampton is going to make him more confident. And I feel like he'll need another loan spell before he can get into the Liverpool side, maybe. But he's, he's still you know someone he's to not watch. Young. He's like 23, ain't G- he? G- he ain't like 27. He's not 27, is he? Are you sure? Minamino's old, bro. He's not as young as we think he is. I thought he was a young prodigy. He's, he really isn't. He's our age, Dal. 25. Just turned 26. So oh, is that just, right? Just he's not young, bro. That's what I mean. I thought I thought he was a kid when they signed him from Leipzig. I'm like, God, that this kid's going to be bro. sick. But it's like, yeah, he's like, all right. Yeah, well, bro, Sheffield United of the second team in history to lose 22 of their 28 opening games. I don't know who the first is. I'm thinking it's Derby. But I'm uh, assuming Derby. Yeah. 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 When they went down with almost minus points. 100%. But, <laughs> Still uh, but, against Newcastle. But... Let's just let's just get over and done with. Let's move on to the midweek game that we all want to talk about, being as we're talking about Southampton. Right. That Man City Southampton game. That five two thriller. What a game that was to watch. Entertaining. In- Sensational. 
incredible football masterclass uh you can't you can't take it away from him it was an entertaining game to watch you'd be silly to turn it off you know what i mean so (laughs) you you just want to sit and watch that game it's a quality game to watch good game of football Um, when i was watching it like um there was like i think it was 2-1 at the time and it looked like City was struggling, but like watching Riyad Mahrez like put everyone on skate. Riyad Mahrez, uh, in the middle of the game, I think it was Tuesday or yes, I generally can't remember, but he was awesome. Yeah, Every oh. time I picked the ball up, I thought he was going to score. I genuinely yeah. did. He was he looked genuinely so dangerous. Like so but look, look, when he played Wolves, he was dangerous all game. He got man of the match that game as well. He was dang- and he got his goal mm. in the end. He was sensational. Yeah. And that's why I was worried with the mm. Manchester United game. I actually thought he was going to like step up there, but thank God we shut him out. You know what I mean? But obviously, yeah, thank Shaw, God for yeah. Luke Shaw. Yeah. Literally. So, yeah. Whereas, I, I want to say, Southampton uh, had Walker Peters starting. He got injured. So, Ryan Bertrand, their left back, had to play at right back. So, they didn't really yeah. have a great left back on. Yeah. But, and yeah. That just, and that, I think Ria Mara saw that and went, right, here we go. Yeah, I'm going to absolutely destroy, I'm gonna destroy this man's career. Yeah, and he did. He did. And he did. He did. All and game. He, did. he, he didn't stop. He just didn't stop. And he was like, you know what? And Relentless. Yes, I will bring him up now because I love him. He is my child. Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne. De Bruyne, bro. Oh, my God. He's so good. He, he just is. It just is. You can't. It, my dream team would be Pogba, De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes in the midfield. Right. That wouldn't work. But, but we'll, 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 oh, it, it, wouldn't say, it wouldn't work dynamically. I'd, I'd but love if it I could, too, but it just, yeah, it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work because there's no defensive midfielder there. Yeah. But, the closest like, defensive is Pogba, but he's like, uh, no. So if if you if you could, you would, wouldn't you? Really, 100%. those three in midfield. Oh my, like, just. I said it last week and I'll say it this week. Eva Foot. Eva Foot. Eva Foot is a world class limb. That, that's what it is. Anybody a dream to have one of his legs. The man's got two world class feet. Like. But, but obviously. Uh, I could go on for that. We're talking again. Three midfielders got their goals. Well, a midfielder slash winger, because yeah. obviously Mario's the winger. But obviously, yeah. Aguero Good played boy. that game and Aguero was just. Literally, Sloppy. who I forgot who played the ball. It, it came on. It came on with like fifteen or so minutes left, and I know what you're in about. There's a ball the that played through is... over the top, and he just didn't control it. And yeah. he's sitting there going, two years ago, the Aguero two years ago, would yeah. have just pulled it down and just gone. Yeah, but he looks, he looks just like a yard too slow at that, the moment. That's and I know that's mm-hmm. because he's been injured and he's still coming back. But it's not the Aguero we know. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think he knows and... himself. I think he knows himself. This season is gonna. Mm. It's kind of like company, you know, in company. <laughs> Had that entire Phased season, out. yeah. Had that entire season, he was pretty much injured. He was in and out, and he came in a couple cup yeah. games here and there. And he had one final season, and his last season, he scored an absolute worldie to win them the <laughs> Premier League, and which will always stay in my mind. As a Manchester United fan, you, you can only sit in awe and like, wow, literally, wow, what, so, what a strike! So it it proves to me that. They need a world-class striker and that they cannot play Jesus up front on his own anymore. They need to play false nine They're for the rest of the season if they want to win the game. And, so, and, and, in regards to saying that Foden needs players a false nine or Bernardo Silva, was it a pen? 100%, 100% a pen. 100% a penalty. If you look at the replay, 
he clips his ankle and his ankle actually and his leg actually moves out of place it, it infuriates me that VAR looked at it and still didn't come to that conclusion I literally watched it and went from VAR having out. a good weekend to a poor midweek really frustrated me the VAR is too inconsistent obviously but it, it 100% is a penalty 100%. but I do have written I do have written down here that Chay Adams is playing so well recently. Oh, he is, he is playing so, so well. Definitely. And he, he's almost warming up to an England call-up. And I, don't, I don't think he'll get an England call-up because there's, there's, there's too many strikers what, what, above what, him. Why not? Why, the thing is, why not? Why not have him in and around the squad? Why not have him? Like, his pace is something that can be used. If we need it, we might not need it. You take these kinds of players for the experience, not for the playtime. That's the idea. So, like, um, Bakari Saka, Bakayo Saka, sorry, Bakayo Saka, like, as good of a player he is, and he is a phenomenal player, there are too many players in his position that are better than him at the minute, but he is a phenomenal player. So you take him with England for the experience, get him in and around the dressing room, the travelling, the sights, you know what I mean, the cohesion with the team. So at future, when he does hit the levels of overtaken, you'd likes of Grealish and Sterling and stuff like that, he then sits in the squad perfectly fine. So for me, I would take... Chay Adams, oh, just for the experience. I wouldn't. I still no. think. And if you, oh, thank, thank you, Al. Thank if you. If you need him as a squad player, no, there's there's too many quality strikers. I know. That are I know. I've just ahead. come back. I know. I've just come back, but like, nah, I wouldn't take Chay Adams. He hasn't proven enough anything this season. That's literally he just hasn't. Yeah, he he scored in the last two games. Yeah, give give him that. But obviously, Bamford has been much more sensational player than Chay Adams has been all season. And obviously, I've, I've, okay, so and Bamford scored eleven goals take, this season. You can take three strikers. Who is it? Yeah, well, why would you put Shay Adams in that? Why? Jim says for no, the okay, experience. So I'm, limited so... it, I'm, limiting it, I'm limiting it to three because my only... three would be Kane, Calvert-Lewin, Antonio. Those are my three I'd take with me. I'd, t- I'd, take, I'd take Bamford, Calvert-Lewin and uh, Kane. So you wouldn't, you, really, you wouldn't take Antonio? No. Yeah, but you can, the thing is with Antonio, he's so like versatile. You don't have to take him as a forward. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you don't have to take him as a forward, but every other position's taken. Think about it like that. No. I still wouldn't take Antonio. Because that's where he's been playing. I still wouldn't take him. I still wouldn't take Antonio, no. Bamford's been, better, been a better player than Antonio this season. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to go. He does. That's because you hate him. It's because you got a vendetta. He doesn't. Yeah. He does. He's had a and the thing, and the thing is, yeah, I thought, I'm just because he scored more goals. But the thing than is, from combined, you did, you just had, had a, a good argument, but a good argument, fair argument. Bear in mind, because obviously, I, I believe back in 2016, we took a lot of youngsters away for, yeah. for their first games, and obviously, you I, you didn't. I want to point out 2016. Antonio definitely should have gone. Yeah, oh, he yeah. definitely should have gone then as well. But um, like anyway, sorry. Like, was, I'd take. I'd take. Odin as well like to be fair he is seriously good of a player so he can start for England but you'd take Foden anyway for the experience for the well, Foden like would be I your said, midfielder player but, it'd be like you can your left winger your yeah, right winger and you give him a free it'd role be the same with Osaka, it's the same with him he's so young you don't yeah, but want to take him this is what I'm trying to say starting roles you just spoke about Chai Adams and you didn't include him in your three 
that's what surprised me. You said Antonio. Yeah, because Antonio's the better player. Chay Adams. Because you usually take usually take three strikers anyway. You don't usually take four strikers. You only take three strikers and three keepers. Chay Adams, Bamford, Antonio, Danny Ings, all the rest of them. Antonio goes. That that's just me. If Bamford would have carried on scoring the way he has, like stupidly really good, the case there is for him to go to England. He would he would be the third one. I agree with that, but give, say say from now to the end of the season, he scores another five. Antonio doesn't score it again, and you take Bamford. The thing is, like, even if even if Bamford scores two goals and Antonio scores zero, you still take Bamford. If Bamford scores zero and Antonio scores zero, you still take Bamford because Bamford's got a better record. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bamford much it's... better suit to the style of play that we're going that we're looking to play. Yeah, under Southgate. I can understand how you mean in that sense, but. Bamford is what twenty something now. I don't know. He's like mid twenties, and has only just started scoring double digits. Well, the thing Antonio is, uh, consistently done it. You've got. I wouldn't to take say it. he's consistently done it though at all. I say no, this is no, his just, best season. No, just, he's only not, just got double digits this season. Okay, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Not consistently scored, but consistently played, performed, and done well for so no, many seasons. Bamford, if you like, has performed consistently for every club he's ever been to. If you ignore his Crystal Palace but in the Premier League when it was too soon for him, every club he's been to, especially in the Championship, he scored 20, 30 a season. And this season, now that he's actually given a chance in the Premier League, because he hasn't been previously with all of his Chelsea loans, and now he's thriving. I agree. So I feel like, I feel like overall, if you're talking about consistency and goal scoring, I still put Bamford ahead of Antonio for the last five years. 100%. I agree with Alex. Okay, okay. That's a very good point. Fair enough. That is a very good point. But for me, I still wouldn't take him. He's got another <laughs> season. He's got another season to prove he can score in the Premier League consistently and <laughs> not chuck his dummy at the Premier and start lying around oh, the ground. Somebody breathes near his face and he Jim. starts rolling around going, oh, my face, send him off. He's got another season to prove that that's out of his game. Then he goes with England. As soon as that is out of his game and he can score goals, he can go with England all he wants. I'll, I'll agree, but you've said this season, and you've said specifically this season that he's cut that part out of his game. You've said that. Yeah, we all know. He has. Yeah. He has. And if he and if at the end of the season, he it still hasn't happened, and then next season it still doesn't happen, he can be second behind Harry Kane for all I care because then he would have won me over. I'm going to bring this back because obviously. Obviously, this has come from the Patrick Bamford thing. I've just got some. In, I'm going to read out interesting stats to you right now. So, Harry Kane, top English goalscorer at the moment with 16. Second place, well, joint second place, is Patrick Bamford and Dominic Calvert Lewin with 13. So that's good. Are you saying? And I'm going to I'm going to go through with the next England. Obviously, Jamie Vardy. He's not. He's not going. He says he's retired with 12. But obviously, imagine if Vardy wanted to come back and play for England. Next player is Ollie Watkins. We forgot about Ollie Watkins. He's been a sensation this season. The quality on the yeah. ball, the assist he's made. He scored 10. And then uh, next player, Marcus Rashford. He can play in striker, but obviously you probably have him as a left midfielder. He scored 9. Uh, Danny Ings has scored 8. I've still not mentioned Chai Adams yet. And then... Or Antonio. Well, this is the thing now. So, ready. Mikel Antonio scored 7 and Chai Adams has scored 6. And Tammy Abraham scored 6 as well. The same as Chai Adams. But... There's more players capable, better than Antonio and Chai Adams. Going back to the Chai Adams thing, um, 
just like Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings that probably deserve a better call up than Antonio and Chai Adams. So what's your the, the thing is I've probably, I've probably got a biased opinion because I physically hate diving so much. Like I don't want anybody getting praise or getting any sort of reward for diving. I hate it. It's a it's such a thing I hate. Like I will if I was in charge of the FA, I would bring in match bans or serious heavy fines if they're caught diving on camera because it should be a thing. It will stop it from happening. It will stop the babies from screaming every time somebody goes near them or somebody doesn't touch them. It will stop all that. And I think it should be a thing. That's why I don't want Bamford going because he's done it throughout his entire career. And I don't want him to be re- rewarded for one good season. But I will say, I've already, I've already said to you, and you agree that Bamford has been consistently performing. Yeah, so he, he has. He has been consistently performing. He's rewarded for constantly, three goals. Constantly, constantly, constantly going doing he's well. Three goals yeah, in right, the Premier right. League behind ever. Probably one of the best English strikers we've had in a long time since Wayne Rooney. Okay, which right, is Harry Kane. I'll take back my statement because I couldn't, I can't look past the diving. And you speaking to me has made me realise, yeah, his stats are good. Yeah, okay, he's one of the three. He's the third one. Don't get played, though. Don't even get on the bench. He just gets left in the hotel, not just watching the games. He's still rewarding shit behaviour for the last 23 years. The thing is, I forgot to mention Callum. It's 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 funny because when you talk about Bamford diving, I've genuinely never seen it, which is why I said a couple of weeks ago, like, I can't comment on it, but... I've seen oh, I've, I've seen I've a clip on Google it. I've Google seen a, I've seen a find, clip. You'll find an average clip video. I've seen a clip on Twitter with the, the Leeds players diving, but it ain't just Bamford. It's the collective. It's what the manager has sent him out yeah. to do. That's the thing, and the manager yeah. wants. Challenge. But look, but look at Neymar. Neymar is arguably arguably Bro, one of the best players in the world of all time. Should be banned for an entire year when he done that stupid roly-poly bro he should have been fined four or five million pounds that's how much he should have been he should have had his house repossessed when he went on that roly-poly shit he did down the touchline he should have had everything Lacazette Lacazette did it in the the Burnley game recently the loudest scream I've ever heard of a Premier League player scream and he barely match of the day took the piss but what, why are we letting it happen and why are we letting it be taking the piss out of? It shouldn't be a thing that we take the piss out of. Take the piss out of it when there are laws enforced where they get punished for it. Then we can be like, ha dickhead, don't dive next time. That's how I'd laugh about it. Because when I see somebody dive, I just want to go and stamp on the red because it pisses me off that much. It Actually, I want to be like, actually... If you're going to lie down like you've been stamped on your head, let me stamp on your head so then you actually have something to shout about. But the thing I, is, it's you know what proves to me in the game this, this, and I never this, want it listen, to be there. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Phil Foden, so he proved that many of many football players can stay on their feet when they've been tackled in the yeah. penalty box. Hang on a second. Tackled in the penalty box, right? Stayed on his feet, didn't get a penalty. If he full-on dived on the floor then, that's a penalty. It's a tactical part of the game. You I, can't get rid of it altogether. I know that. I know I know. I know, I know he got, that, I know he got right. hit. I know he got hit, so he, sh- he should have fell to the floor anyway. But obviously, falling to the floor that's... without being taken out, it's an unnatural anyway. You're purposely falling to the floor. Like, Marshall. Marshall could have stayed up if Jesus touched his foot. 
but he's gone to the floor. It's a dive to the floor. See, that's that's where the grey that's where the grey area is because that that then that if you get clipped and you go down and you try and win a penalty, for me, that's better. It, it's not it's not ideal because you want to keep playing because as much as you go down in the penalty area from a clip, if it's in the middle of the penalty area, you don't really want to go down because you can possibly score from it. But then a penalty is basically a certain scoring chance unless if you're Brighton. But when it comes to it, I still think if you get clipped or touched or just pushed in the back, fine, go down, get the advantage. You might be in a better position. But when you aren't touched and you can see it in the video like they look back in the cameras and go well you just weren't touched commentators say there and then when they watch the replays back they go well he wasn't really touched there there wasn't much contact there was there i don't know why he's screaming they literally say there and then so why after the game don't they just look at the video and say well every angle says you weren't touched so what you're doing here's two million pound fine Sorted out, but obviously, Don't usually, do it again. usually, what happens is let's say we're going to use obviously your Bamford as an example. He's got the ball first, he ain't been touched, but he knows he's going to lose the ball because he's touched the ball further than he should do because he's expecting the defender to fully commit. Sometimes the defender will back out last second and he's thinking, Shit, he's actually touched the ball first, so I'm just going to stamp my foot down next to his foot. And yes, he hasn't touched him, but obviously. Imagine if like he actually committed to a 50-50. He would have took him. He would have took him clean out. And that's why he they dive and players dive. It's to get that. It's yeah, to get so that advantage. But we're moving on anyway. So match day twenty eight of thirty eight. Newcastle versus Villa. Uh, Villa win one nil. One nil out. Nil nil. Nil nil. I'm gonna say Villa win two one. Leeds and Chelsea. Jim. Chelsea 2 0. Chelsea 2 0. Al? Chelsea 1 0. Chelsea 1 0. I'm going to say 2 1 Chelsea. Uh, Crystal Palace West Brom? Uh, we'll lose again. Probably like 3 0. 3 0. Okay. Al? Uh, 2 1 West Brom. 2 1 West Brom. I'm going to say 1 1. Uh, Everton Burnley? Jim uh, I'll go 2-1 Everton 2-1 Everton Al 1-0 Burnley Oh interesting I've gone 2-1 Everton uh, Fulham Man City huh. <laughs> 3-1 City 3-1 City Al that's exactly what I've put Jim yeah. One City. Jesus. Uh, Southampton, Brighton. Oh, God. Uh, Southampton to win 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one Southampton. Al? 2-1 uh, Brighton. 2-1 Brighton. I've gone 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Leicester and Sheffield United. Leicester 3-0. Okay, Al? Uh, 2-1 Leicester 2-1 Leicester I've gone 3-1 Leicester Arsenal Spurs London Derby I reckon Ooh. Spurs will turn them over you know What's I reckon it? they'll do it like 3-2 like it'll be an open game 3-2 oh. especially with Jack Granit Xhaka's playing 
was gonna say three one Spurs. Three one Spurs. I'm gonna go four nil Spurs. Cheeky. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go big or go home. Man United West Ham. That's gonna be an interesting game as well. David Moore's returning to his old club. Uh, I reckon two two. Two two. Um, Al. <laughs> You're gonna hate me, but nil nil. No, no. <laughs> it could happen that's so evil it could happen it's against technically a top six they're a top six yeah side. that's why that's why I don't think oh yeah. and it's at home you don't perform well at home yeah lately. 100% I'm thinking uh, West Ham are actually going to beat us 2-1 oh um, I'm not confident and Wolves and Liverpool Liverpool are away so they're going to do better than they're not at home okay <laughs> Liverpool are away I reckon 1-1 uh, one, one. yeah one, one. Uh, I reckon 2-0 Liverpool 2-0 Liverpool I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool that's that so player of the week ladies and gentlemen who have you gone for this week Jim I was cut between two players actually this week I was cut between Luke Shaw and surprisingly Che Adams but I went for Luke Shaw because he just played too well way too well interesting that's okay Al my player of the week is Harry Kane. My player of the week is also well. Harry Kane. Yeah, his performance is Two goals, two assists. You can't... Fast. He was involved go, in all I four wanted, goals. You I wanted to go for Harry Kane. I wanted to go for Harry Kane, but I was like, I want to change it up from Spurs. But <laughs> you have got a point, but Luke Shaw did play too well. He did play way too well. He played, he played, well. He played well, but Harry Kane... He assisted to and he scored wanted, a well there. I wanted to personal. personally. I wanted to change it up a little bit. That's all. And so. second place for me was Gareth Bale. He was my second. <laughs> so Spurs. I didn't even have. I didn't even have a second place. Granite Jacker. Granite Jacker. Yeah, it, it, we've definitely gone on longer than we expected to. But thank you for listening. We're getting this out on Spotify. We're now on iTunes, I believe, and we'll be on yeah. YouTube in a couple of days. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having questions about the schedules as well, so we'll let everyone know as much as we do. So, yeah, thank you all for listening. I know it's been a long one. That's what happens when you get heated with debates. <laughs> but anyway, until next time, guys, see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye. See you later.